If you have your Bibles, come on, would you open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 9? If you don't like having fun, this may not be the church for you, by the way. And if you don't like having fun, heaven may not be the place for you. What do you think we're going to do up there forever? Come on. What a good morning it is to worship God. And uh, if you can follow right along in the Version Bible app, everything is there, all the links to, to check in, to give, and all the stuff for Easter, it's all there as well. So we love you. Thanks so much for honoring our pastor. I think it's good for us. Us, uh, you know, I'm born and raised southwestern Pennsylvania, you know, lived in Greene County most of my life and now getting connected to, the, to, to this county as well. Loving, loving what God is doing has been a part here for the last five years. And uh, uh, one of the things we don't really do well is celebrate victories. You know, a lot of times we love rooting for the underdog, but once the underdog wins, now we don't want them to win anymore. You know what the thing is about the kingdom of God? We don't have to fight for victory. We're, we're, we, are, we are moving forward from victory. God's already given. The work has already been completed. It's nothing we have to do in and of ourselves. And when we begin to celebrate the blessing of God, it attracts people. So what is going on there? And then they get connected to the hope of Jesus Christ that we're celebrating. So let's continue to do that and celebrate the victories as we move forward. Amen? What a tremendous morning we have. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. I'm going to remind us of, of, of our, our launch verse for this series, Getting Ready to Run. It's from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, where it said, The Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. As, as we've moved forward in, in, this, in this series, we've talked about the things we needed to tuck into place, the, the, the things that we needed to get ready, that this year was going to be a year of order, that we were going to be lined up and ready to go, move straight forward into, into the plans and the destiny that God has for us and this house, this community, this county, and this region. And so uh, we believe that God, once, once, once we do the natural, right? You heard Pastor Jason say this last week. Once we do what we can do, God adds his super to our natural, and it becomes a supernatural process. And so it's in our obedience as God continues to pour out his blessing in our life. And here we find 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 says, Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Underline that, highlight that. That's awesome. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we will do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Let me say verse 24 again. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. This morning, I'm going to speak to you a message entitled, Run to Win. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, Lord, may distraction be gone. Lord, may we fix our eyes upon you and may you become the champion of our faith. In Jesus' mighty name, God, have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said? 
Amen. I forgot I wanted to welcome those of you that are watching with us online. We love that you're joining us together uh, on, on social media and YouTube and all that this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you feel right at home as we pursue God's presence together. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we know that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Corinth is a unique city at this time. Corinth was a sports town. Uh, this is probably one of the reasons why I enjoy Paul. Uh, Paul was a man's man. He did what he had to do. Corinth held Olympic game, Olympic style games every two years. And so when Paul begins to speak to them about running a race and not shadow boxing and training like an athlete and running to win, he's meeting them on their level. Isn't that awesome what God does for us a lot of times? He meets us right where we are, that he finds a point of common ground and he begins to speak into our lives. And, and, and Paul loved using sport analogies, not just even here in 1 Corinthians 9, but in Galatians 2, Philippians 2, Hebrews 12, 2 Timothy 4, where he said, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race. Uh, here in 1 first, in first Corinthians 9, he's saying that, that I just don't do this, that everything we do, we do it on purpose. That we might save some. That I, everything we do, in verse 23, is to spread the good news and share in its blessing. If you've been around Faith Assembly long enough, if you've heard anything you've, we've ever said before, you've probably heard this, that our heartbeat, that our goal is to reach people to reach their purpose. Now, that's a nice little cliche. It works well on a sign and a, and a business card. But this is really who the, the heartbeat, what God has placed in our life, that we are here to reach people to reach their purpose. Now, it sounds rosy and, and, and lovely and all that, but, but let's be honest. Do we really know what that means? What is the purpose? We know the people. We know who our target is. That we are reaching the people of South Union and North Union, the city of Uniontown, Fayette County and the surrounding areas. Every highway, every byway, up into the hills, into the mountains and all that's happening in and around our community. Every man, woman and child deserves to hear that they are loved by God. That is our purpose. That is why we exist. Everything we do is to reach them, to reach their purpose. What does that mean? What is, what is purpose? And I know, you know, several years ago, you know, uh, Rick Warren wrote a book, A Purpose Driven Life, and some people liked it, some people didn't. It doesn't really matter. You know, opinions are like armpits. Everybody has a few and they all stink, right? But at the end of the day, here's our purpose, to continue to reach more people. Period. That's it. That we are here to reach more people, to connect more people to the hope of Jesus Christ. I want to quote uh, an article that I found that was written 10 years ago. The, the Herald Standard uh, interviewed Pastor Jason just as he was elected as the pastor of our church 10 years ago. And I find this to be very prophetic of what he spoke 10 years ago and where we were going even now in this moment. It says this, Pastor Jason said, everything we do will be to share hope. Hope that comes through Jesus Christ alone. By living for Christ and in Christ, we want to make a difference in the time and place he has brought us into. Isn't that why we are here? Listen, we're not here to gather together, to feel good about ourselves, to have a nice program, to have a good band, to be able to put lights and, and you know, and all the different things that we do to have good programs for our children, make everybody feel good. Listen, there's a lot of good organizations that do that. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, we are not contending for attention. We are contending for eternity today. We're not attending for for popularity. We're, attend we're contending for people's lives are at stake. That is the difference between heaven and hell. Say, so, Tim, you're getting a little intense because eternity matters. I care where my loved one lives forever. 
Everybody is going to live forever. The question is where? Listen, heaven is going to be sweet. What an awesome time it's going to be. I know I know. even Holly, one of our, uh, one of our administrative assistants in, 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 in our office, she, she marked in Pastor Jason's Bible, her favorite verse was, was, was a, a Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 that says the old will be gone and the new will come. There will be no more crying. There will be no more dying. There will be no more pain. There will be no more separation for the old will be gone and the new will come. Heaven is going to be a sweet place. But how much sweeter it will be if we get to enjoy it with our friends and our family members together with Jesus. Everything we do needs to be into sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. This is what it means when we talk about purpose. Although the details of what and how each of us carry out our specific calling or purpose in our lives, the uniting desire in each of our hearts should always be to win every one of our family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, Union Town, Fayette County, and beyond with the love, grace, and hope that is found only in Jesus Christ and He alone. Because Jesus remains to be the only way, the only truth, and the only life. You can't get to heaven any other way but through him. I'm not here to prop up a a, a political candidate. I'm not here to prop up a party. I'm not here to prop up an ideology. I'm here today to proclaim from the rooftop. Don't you like the new roof that's going on? I'm here to proclaim from the rooftop that Jesus is the one that saves, heals, it delivers, and sets free. It's not about Jason Lamer. It's not about Tim Bennett. It's not even about Faith Assembly of God. It's about the person of Jesus Christ reaching every man, woman, and child. We are here to plunder hell and populate heaven for the glory of God. But what God wants from us now is not to build some beautiful church building nor grow a forceful goodwill community organization, but let's be bold. Let's take the risk. Let's do whatever it takes to win as many as possible, as fast as possible, because too many of our loved ones and friends and family members are on a slick path to eternal damnation while we sit idly by and wait for the perfect circumstances that best suit our comfortability. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Our comfort is no longer a luxury that we can afford in these last days. As the world continues to spin so quickly out of control and lives in fear and uncertainty of tomorrow, listen to me today. A.W. Tozer said this, a scared world needs a fearless church. A scared world needs a fearless church. I'm not suggesting that we throw all caution to the wind and recklessly live as if there is no tomorrow. In fact, I'm saying that exact thing, that we don't just recklessly live as if there is no tomorrow, but we recklessly live as if eternity is at stake. If we don't understand why we do what we do, when it gets difficult, we're going to quit. We're going to quit. If we don't understand the reason and the purpose of why we do what we do, if we don't understand why we gather together, if we don't understand why we had to add a fourth service for Easter Sunday, if we don't understand why we want to take the message of Jesus Christ out into Story Square, if we don't understand why we we, we need to grow and expand and be cohesive and be... Listen, if we don't understand why, when it gets difficult, it will be easy to throw in the towel because if we don't have a purpose, we don't have a drive. So if we're going to run with purpose, we're going to have to do it with a, run this race with practical reason and passionate resolve. Winston Churchill said it this way. I love Winston Churchill. He said, it's the victors that get to write history. History is written by the victors. That's some good stuff right there. Because if you win, you get to say how you won. 
You know what the amazing thing is? Is we are not fighting for victory anymore. But the work of the cross has been finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. It's done. It's over with. The gates of hell have been destroyed. Jesus continues to build his church here in Uniontown and Fayette County, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the people of God. And as you stand forward and you begin to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ in your everyday life, listen to me, you are that city that is set on a hill. When people look up, they can see that there is hope in Jesus Christ. If God could save you, if God could heal you, if God could fill you with the Holy Spirit, maybe he could do it for them too. So what are the strides that we're going to need to take to win this race that God has marked out for us? If we're going to run, if we're going to do this thing, if we're going to put our green shoes with wings on, if you don't know what that is, you've got to go back and watch the previous services. But if we're going to do this, then we, we need to make, make sure that we are in being practical, that we are being passionate, that we take the strides that God is calling us to do. Stride number one is this. Listen, if we're going to reach more people to reach their purpose, if we're going to win Fayette County for Jesus, and we're going to have to train ourselves to be practical and passionate soul winners. We're going to have to train ourselves to be practical and passionate soul winners. You say, Tim, I'm, I'm not a soul winner. I don't go out and talk to people. I don't, I don't go out and do all the things. I don't have that personality. Okay. Relax. It starts with the basics. Because if, if you've been saved like I've been saved, come on now. If, if you knew where I should be, if you knew the type of person that I really am, listen, if, if God did for you what he's done for me, you couldn't keep it to yourself either. That's how good God is. I'm not saying everybody needs to be the same. My God, the world only needs one of me. Hello. Don't clap, Dan. Don't clap. We got to train. We got to, if you can't laugh at yourself, honey, shoo. We got to train ourselves to be practical and passionate soul winners. Paul said it this way in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 9 I discipline my body to be like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul said the same similar things in Galatians 2 and Ephesians 2 that, he, that we don't want to run this race in vain. But that, listen, I, one of the greatest tragedies is that people that come inside the house of God but are so far away from the heart of the Father. That we, you, you might come to church, you might be an attendant, you might be a member, you might be watching online, but you are not following Jesus. That what we do here doesn't really change anything in your regular work. Whether or not you come to church doesn't matter how you live the rest of your life. I, I'm here to, listen, there is something that's been growing up inside of me that I believe that there are men that have been coming to this church. The only reason you come is to make your wife happy, to sit there and, and try and make sure everything's okay with them. You don't engage in worship. You don't have, you have no idea what is going on. You don't serve in church whatsoever. You just come and take up space. Can I just, I just want to, I want to encourage you with this today that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And if you're not living in the destiny and the plan that God has for you, that, that we come, that we serve together and we worship together. Listen, God hasn't called you to come here and just take up another chair. He's called you to be a herald of hope to the men and the women and be the spiritual father to your family that God has destined you to be. It's time for the men of God to be a man who God has called us to be. Off that soapbox. Here we go. I believe there's four key paths to Christian training. This is very simple. 
There's four key paths of Christian training. It's back to the basics. This isn't overcomplicated. We don't have to make this thing out to be some like, you know, we're, 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 we're playing, trying to put some Rubik's Cube together and only the, the spiritual elite can get this. Listen, anybody can serve Jesus. That's why he said, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Anybody can do this. This is simple. There's four key paths uh, to Christian training. It's a pure heart, prayer, a Bible plan, and partnership. A pure heart, a genuine heart. We've talked about this several times in our leadership meetings over the last several weeks and months. What we do, we want to make sure that we enter it with pure intentions. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. We're not here to make our faith assembly famous. We're not here to make uh, to, to make a church famous or a denomination. But we're here to lift up the name that is above every name. It has nothing to do with our preferences. It has nothing to do with our preconceived ideas. It has nothing to do with being trendy in Christian Hollywood. But here today, we come with a genuine heart, wanting our friends and our family members to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the driving force behind everything we are. We're not here to manipulate people. We're not here to pile up a bunch of money. We're not here to build a big building to say, look what we did. But we are here to lift up the name that is above every name. And we got to make sure that when we enter into Christian service, when we come to church, when we come into God's presence, we're not coming to manipulate God to try and get some things out of him. But we, we, we need to be willing to give up everything to him and say, God, I surrender. God loves a humble person, a humble heart. He gives grace to the humble. We can't do this. You even heard our own pastor has been doing an excellent job for the last 10 years saying, I, I couldn't sleep at nights. I, couldn't even, I can't do this on my own. Why do you think God uses people like him? Because we recognize it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. That's why Paul said, it's in my moment of weakness that God's strength is made perfect. When I realize I don't have what it takes, God takes over and he begins to do what only he can do. And when God does what only he can do, he's the only one that can get the credit for it. Come on, somebody. It's a pure heart. Proverbs 4.23 said, guard your heart above all else. Lenana marked this one for you, by the way. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If you've been around Faith Assembly long enough, you've heard us say, guard your heart and God will guide your steps. If you make sure that you're entering with pure intentions, not to come manipulate, not to get popular, not to make people follow you and and bend towards your will, but we say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. It's a pure heart. We have to guard our hearts by connecting it to the heart of the Father. And we connect to the heart of the Father by spending time with God in prayer. It's not just a pure heart, but now we pray. We spend time with God. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Now, we have two extreme ideas when we hear this. The first extreme idea, and this is the one that is the lethargic lazy one that a lot of lazy Christians do, and we, sometimes we teach our kids to do this, and then they, they come to become lazy people just like us. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep blessed up before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. God, do this, do that, do that. God, make sure to do this. God, do this and that and that. Amen. Done. Here's the other extreme. We feel like we got to walk around under our breath speaking in tongues and saying, Jesus, oh, hallelujah, glory, glory. And we float, you know, we float into every service, you know, and nothing can ever hurt us. And we're up in the clouds and I am spiritual. Those are the two extremes. Meanwhile, God's saying, listen, prayer is simply this. It's communication. God wants you to talk to him. And guess what? 
He wants to talk to you. Communication is a two-way street. Prayer isn't just listing out all your problems and singing all the songs and doing all the things. But prayer is being able to walk into the grocery store. And when that single mom is standing in front of you, it's going nuts and everything is crazy. And she's trying to pay for her groceries. And the kid is screaming, ah, in the cart and all the crazy things that's happening. Instead of you getting all upset and going, I can't believe she's here. She needs to learn how to control her kids. Does she not have somebody who can help her? Come on, woman, get your kid under control. Who do you think you are? Instead of doing that, all of a sudden the spirit of God begins to speak into you and you come to that woman you begin to minister to her maybe you help take care of that kid while she pays for her groceries or maybe you can get some of the mold and must out of the money in your wallet and you pay for her groceries say Tim what are you saying listen the Holy Spirit wants to be with you the Holy Spirit is the indwelling presence of God that when you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe that he is God at that very moment you are connected to the Holy Spirit of God even so much so the Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit that God is dwelling and living on the inside of you and if you can't hear what is talking and living on the inside of you maybe you're paying too much attention to all the nonsense that's outside of you If what's on the inside of you doesn't change what's on the outside, then what's on the inside of you anyway? That it's a pure heart and it's prayer. Martin Luther said this, to be a Christian without prayer is nowhere possible to be alive without breathing. One of my, you know, this is is March, you know, and all that's going on. And uh, you guys coming out already? Mercy sakes. March is March Madness. I love basketball. I love the whole thing, right? And uh, Larry Bird is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Just some old farm kid from French Lick, Indiana. If you're from a town named French Lick, you are a good old homeboy. You know what I'm saying? You just like, you know, you probably grew up with a piece of wheat in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like just one of those good kids. You know, just, I, I, I love that old fight. Probably drove a John Deere. I, I, I bet he had it, Dan. I bet he did. I mean, just all the things. Like, I mean, just like laid out, no, no problems, ready to go. Larry, I love Larry Bird. Larry Bird was a fantastic college basketball player. Didn't really play much in high school, but was good in college. And then even got better in, in the NBA. Became one of the best players of all time. MVPs, championships, the whole thing. One of the times the Boston Celtics, the team he played for, went to play the Denver Nuggets in Denver, Colorado. Many of you understand Denver is called the Mile High City, right? It's up high. The oxygen is low. It's a bad, it's, it's a bad environment for athletes. The coach called out the entire team into the center court. I mean, hours, hours before lunch. The game wasn't supposed to start till 7 o'clock at night. They come out before lunch. It's, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. The team's there. The, the stadium is dark. There's one light shining right down in, in, in the center of center court. And the Boston Celtics coach is standing on the team. The, the, all the, the players, they come standing around, and they're all kind of like, what are we doing here? What's up with this? Why are we here? Coach, what are we doing? What are we doing? The coach is just be quiet. Shh, just shh. Coach, what are you doing? Shh. Coach, what are we doing? I got a back Shh. right here for you. Shh. Just be quiet. Listen. Just listen. And as they started to quiet down in the darkness of that stadium, they could start hearing. The coach gave the cue and the lights came on up in the nosebleeds. And there's Larry Bird in the highest part of the stadium he could get to, running stairs up and down to try and get his body acclimated to a different level. Larry Bird was questioned, says, Larry, how did you become, because you don't have the best talent, you're not the fastest, you, you, you don't have the most skill. How, how have you become one of the greatest players of all time? Larry Bird says, I, I don't have the most talent, I'm not the fastest person, but I put in the time. 
I put in the time. Are you willing to put in the time? Now listen, I know many of us are going to think, well, that means when I go tomorrow morning, I'm not a spiritual person unless I wake up three hours early and read, read the Bible for an hour and then pray for another. No, no, no. Start small. Start small. Take little bites. Little bites. And the more you take, the hungrier you'll get and the longer you'll be able to stay in God's presence. Sometimes you'll sit down and think you prayed for an hour. You look up and it was only three minutes. It's okay. Stay in constant contact with God all day. All day. This isn't overwhelming. It's, it's a pure heart. It's a Bible plan now. It, it, it's prayer and now it's a Bible plan. The, the, it says this, the most productive prayer is when I move past my preferences and begin to proclaim the promises of God. Psalm 119.11 says, I hide God's word in my heart. It's a Bible plan that we, we approach God's word with a pure heart in the presence of God. You can't read God's word without praying and you can't pray without God's word. Many folks that struggle a lot of times is because we come into God's word and we are looking to get something out of God's word that we can manipulate to prop up our, our temporary opinion. That's called eisegeting scripture. That's trying to read, uh, read into scripture, make scripture say what you want it to say instead of coming out and looking at the greater context of scripture. There's an old saying, text without context is nothing but a pretense. That we exegete scripture, which means that we allow scripture to speak to us. You know, if you read scripture and you don't agree with it, it's probably not God's word that's wrong. It's probably not God's word that's wrong. But do we, we listen, many of us, we, we innocently sometimes take God's word out of, out of context. Even like Matthew 18, 19, a lot of people say, if two or three are gathered in my name, there, they, there I am in the midst of them. Yeah, God's everywhere, whether there's somebody there or not. He's omnipresent, remember? God's presence isn't determined by your presence. Right? A lot of people use that when there's just a couple people in the crowd. Well, there's only a few here, but God's here. That's not what that scripture's talking about. That scripture's actually talking about conflict resolution. That if a brother sins against you, that, that you go to them privately. If it doesn't work privately, then you get a couple people to come with you. And now once you have people and that doesn't work, then you go public. It goes, it goes personally or privately with people and then publicly. And then it's based upon Jewish law. Matthew, where this was written, he was writing to a Jewish community. And they knew that nobody could be convicted of any crime unless there were at least two witnesses. That's why the Bible says if two or three, if two of you gather and agree on anything, it's done. Because it was, listen, when you begin to study God's word, you begin to realize it's bigger than what I can put in between my two ear holes. And the Holy Spirit of God, not that he doesn't give us revelation, he gives us illumination. It's always been there. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it hasn't been there. How many have ever read scripture 99 times and 100th time you see something you've never saw before? That's called the Holy Spirit. Illumin. That's the spirit of truth. He guides us into all truth. That's a Bible plan. And then there's partnership. Partnership. One person, Deuteronomy 32.30 says, one person can chase a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Whew. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity and praise the Lord. Why do you think we are so passionate, not just about getting us going here at Faith Assembly, but we partner with other churches. You saw other pastors in that video. Why? Because we know that when we lift up the name of Jesus together, listen, the best, that one of the things the devil loves to do is to bring division and cause splits and cause heartache and separation. Listen, that's how you know people are following their own natural instinct and they do not have the spirit of God. That's what Jude says. 
Those are the ones that will cause divisions. In these last days, don't doubt God's word. Don't doubt the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. But approach the presence of God with a pure heart in prayer, with Bible, and knowing that God's word carries much more weight than mine does. And when I begin to claim, proclaim God's word and not mine, God begins to accomplish his purpose for me over and over and over and over and over again. That's our training. And what I love about this is that once we begin to train, now we're going to take ground. This is it. This is where we finish. Bringing it in for a landing right here, all right? We're going to take ground. Paul said in verse 26, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not here doing this for a show. I'm not out here spitting and screaming and hollering because I'm trying to impress you with some eloquence of speech. I think we all understand I'm a simple person here. What I'm here today under the authority of Jesus Christ. I don't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and His power so that your faith would not rest upon the wisdom and faith of man, but that our faith would be put squarely upon the shoulders of the one who carried that cross up the rocky hill to Golgotha, and He declared, it is finished. And on the third day, He got up just to prove that He's the victor. We have to take ground. Matthew eleven twelve. Jesus said it this way. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. We're going to move forward. Let's move forward with this. Let's, let's not give up. But I want to caution us that our assignment is going, listen to me, this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you this morning. Our assignment is going to come with a price. What God is calling you to do, not everybody is going to come with you. Not everybody, some people that are in your circle don't necessarily have your back. We can't rely, we can't rely upon the people that are around us, but we need to rely upon Jesus. And when we rely upon Jesus, as we begin to trust him, we begin to understand that he's going to protect us and save us and that we can begin to trust people that are around us because even if the enemy comes against us, the Lord will raise up a standard against them in Jesus' name. And as we begin to pursue God together, listen to me today. I believe that our, our, our calling is going to come at a price. We are going to be need to willing, listen to me, we're going to need to be willing to leave provision to step into the promise of God. You're going to have to be willing to leave provision to step into the people that used to have your back aren't going to have your back anymore. The things and the, and the, 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 the abilities, the talents you used to rely on brought you this far, but they can't take you any further. What God wants to do now is bigger than what we can accomplish on our own. Just as the Israelites were led by the supernatural provision of God out of Egyptian bondage and through the wilderness, they could only enter the promised land and take hold of it by their own obedience preceding any further supernatural intervention from God. When they left Egypt, God split the Red Sea before one, before one Jewish hair touched that water. But when they went to the promised land, they had to walk out into the river before it was parted. Let's be willing to take steps of obedience. Our level of blessing will be determined by our level of obedience. God's not brought us this far to quit. Almost 42 years ago, when a Puerto Rican man moves to Uniontown to try and start a church in Fayette County here in Uniontown, and they start over on the other end of the city, and then they come to here and plant this property. I wonder if he could imagine what God had in store. But you know what I love about this, Pastor Jason? God will do the plans and the dreams that God has, and he's shown you. It's nothing compared to what he really wants to do. 
Because God will do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever ask, imagine, or think. But it's only according to the power that we allow to work on the inside of us. When our life ends here, what are we leaving behind? What's our legacy? Let's finish this race that's been marked out for us. Let's give God everything we possibly can. We need to be willing to give all without giving up. We need to be willing to give all without giving up. We need to be willing to give all without giving up. It it, it says it this way in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that has been set out for us. We do this by keeping Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Listen, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you will not grow weary and give up. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the prize. Last night, I could not go to sleep watching March Madness. Joe Pleasant, Abilene Christian, 14 seed against 3 seed Texas. He is the worst free throw shooter on his team, but yet there he is with 1.5 seconds left and one point down, two shots to win the game. The referee throws Joe Pleasant the ball. His teammates are all around cheering him on, doing all kinds of stuff. Joe Pleasant, the worst free throw shooter on his team by percentage, never took his eyes off the rim. Never took his eyes off the rim. Put the ball up, drained it, tie game. Here it comes. Last chance. This is your shot to win the game. The biggest game ever for Abilene Christian. The biggest game ever for Joe Pleasant. He lifts it up. Never took his eyes off the rim. Money. Don't take your eyes off the prize. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We're here in this house today. Before we leave, I need to get you out of here in the next about 120 seconds. Right? If you're here today and your eyes have been taken off of Jesus, I want to, listen, can I I just encourage you right now every week, this is not the time to gather your keys, get your coat on, do all the different stuff. This is the most important point right here because eternity is at stake. There's some folks that are in here, some folks that are watching online that do not know Jesus as their Savior. Don't be a distraction to them. Come on, let's get them closer to Jesus right now. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, say, Tim, you're talking a lot of big talk. You know what the thing is? This is a room full of imperfect people. If you were to really know me, honey, don't make this a big amen or nothing. But if you were really to know me, I'm so far short of perfect. But I'm thankful that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it until that day of perfection comes. And that day of perfection will come when I stand before the Father and I hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your eternal reward here today you say Tim I don't have what it takes I I just don't but there's something inside of me it says I need to surrender my life to the Lord that's the Holy Spirit of God that's drawing you unto himself God loves you with an everlasting love you are not damaged goods what has been said and done to you in the past the decisions you made in the past do not disqualify you from the love and the grace of God you say Tim how do you know that because you're still here that's how I know that if it was over for you you'd be on the other side of the dirt but here you are in this moment right now 
It's as simple as this. We're going to pray a prayer together all across this place. We're going to pray this prayer. You don't have to say this prayer word for word, but the Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth under the salvation of God. I can promise you this prayer will not damage a soul in the house. Amen? Come on, everybody, I want you to lift up this prayer. Maybe you need to pray this prayer for the first time, or maybe you, you've been far away from God and say, Tim, today I need to come back to the heart of the Father. He loves you today. He loves you today. You are loved by God. You matter. Come on, all across this place, those of you that are watching online, everybody, our band, our team, everybody, come on, say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Oh, come on, all across this place. Say, Jesus. I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. From this day on, I will live in the joy, in the love, in the peace, and the hope of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big shout of praise in this house. Listen, if you're here and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you on the best decision of your life. If you're here and you're watching online, wherever it might be, and maybe say, Tim, I was far away from God, but now I'm coming back. Listen, I'm not going to make you sing the Star Spangled Banner, but it is so powerful that we get to rejoice with you in this moment. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice. Can I tell you something? We're the redeemed of God, and we can sing a song the angels have no idea how to sing because they've never been purchased, but we have. Jesus gave his life for us. And if you're here today and say, Tim, I just made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm simply going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. And we are going to, we're going to, well, listen, there's already paint coming off the, the ceiling because we're getting a new roof on. Come on, let's shake it down in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, if you just made that decision, when I say three, we want to congratulate you. You stay right where you are. Just lift your hand high and you're going to hear this place go nuts. Come on, one, two, if it's you, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on all over this building. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, give God a big shout. Hallelujah. Listen, let's reach people to reach their purpose. If we're doing anything else that has nothing to do with that, stop doing it and get involved with something that does. Sit one, serve one. If you're part of our membership, you know what that means. Let's get involved. Let's move forward. Let's grow the kingdom of God. Let's plunder hell and populate heaven. In Jesus' name, may God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you and give you peace and grace. If you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is here. If you just gave your life to the Lord, you have any questions at all, you come see our prayer team. You can stop by the Next Steps area in either foyer. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. It's going to be a tremendous day in Jesus' name. God bless you. Let's continue to move forward in Jesus' name.